today. Not the past, not the future, but the present. And that's what I want to talk to you a little about. about. And I was, I was telling beforehand, there's, there's people that pray uh, during the services. And they, they kind of ask me, what are you going to be talking about? And how can we pray for those who are going to be hearing what's going on? And, and I just told them, well, really, this is, this is kind of a message, uh, you know, thinking of the new year, but, but also kind of a, it's my personal attack against fear. Uh, just to feel like there's been a lot of fear lately, and, and not just uh, in my own life or uh, in, in uh, circumstances in my life, but it seems like in our country, there's been a lot of fear. Just thinking about the future and uh, thinking about um, ac- the economy and fuel and all those kind of things. And, uh, and it's interesting, when, when you look at the Bible and, and you th- think about fear, uh, you know the, the most repeated command in the Bible? You know what it is? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I think the Lord knew that we needed to hear that. That's why it's said so many times throughout the Bible. And it's interesting how each of us, uh, we deal with fear. Uh, sometimes for some of us, fear paralyzes us. We do nothing. Uh, for others, fear makes us act out rashly and do crazy things. Um, you know, not all fear is bad. You know, when the neighborhood Doberman Pinscher is chasing you, fear is a good thing. Gets you going and, and you should move, you know. So, uh, you know, there's a reason that God gave it to us and, and that we experience fear. But there's a lot that um, we need to learn that, that uh, the opposite of fear is, is faith. Because, and sometimes fear uh, taints our view of the future. And we need to learn how to operate, not out of fear, but learn how to operate out of faith. So, this is an interesting time, you know, that, that occurs every spin around the sun. Uh, the ending of one year and the beginning of a new one. You know, people say, out with the old and in with the new. And they begin to think of the past year in relation to the new year. And people begin to think about what they would like to see happen in their lives. And, and, and some of them make uh, goals and resolutions. And then there are others who make fun of people who make resolutions and goals and don't keep them. And some people, in fact, are afraid of making resolutions and follow uh, the latest advice from the, the pop psychologist gurus who say that making resolutions is harmful to your mental health. Yeah, right. Um, when you read uh, the media articles on this season, this month, uh, the sad commentary on our American culture seems to say, resolve and commitment are a little too hard, so let's not resolve or commit to anything or anyone. And my question to that is, are we really that afraid of failure? Who said failure is fatal? Man, I've, I've messed up, screwed up many times over in my life, and I'm still here. I'm all right. I'm not doing too bad. In fact, I've learned quite a few things from my failures. They've been pretty good for me. They kept me from keep, keeping getting a big head too. So the name of this month is January, and it's derived from the Latin word Janus. You know where that comes from? Janus was the Roman god of doors and gates, beginnings and endings. He had two faces, one facing forward and the other facing Backward. And it's where we get the idea of two-faced from. 
uh, where you seem like you're going two different directions. You can't make up your mind or, or you're saying one thing out one side of your mouth and you're saying the other thing out of the other side of your mouth. That's where it came from, Janice. Well, I wonder if sometimes if, if you all feel a little bit like I do. And there's times when I'm a bit like Janice. I'm dwelling on the past, looking backwards. Or I'm dwelling on the future, looking forward. But rarely am I living in the present. Sometimes I, I sense I've, I've missed the beauty of a moment. Or I may have missed an opportunity to, to say or do or, or be in the midst of a great moment. My mind is so preoccupied with the future, I miss living in the present. Some of us have experienced the other side, the side of dwelling in the past. Reliving great moments or, or dwelling, dealing uh, with regret over uh, past actions. And doing that so much that, that you miss living in the present. Well, in the book uh, called If Only by Dr. Neil Rose, the author makes a distinction between regret over action and regret over inaction. Regret of action is, is wishing you hadn't done something, probably something stupid, like we've all done before. Regret of inaction is wishing you had done something. In his, stu- in his studies, Dr. Rose found that we regret actions over the, long, uh, over the short term, but over the long haul, we regret inaction. So looking at our lives as a whole, inaction regrets will always outnumber action regrets, probably 84% to 16%. And I know in my own personal experience, as time passes in my life, I would have to agree with those findings. That I, I don't regret my failed attempts or stupid actions as much as I regret inaction. The things I almost did, but didn't. You just feel it when you say that. Ah. Why didn't I do that? These words uh, from the prophet Jeremiah about the king of Egypt are, are haunting to me. And I know that no one would ever want this written about themselves. There they will exclaim, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, is only a loud noise. He has missed his opportunity. Wow. Missed opportunity. Jesus spoke in a parable about a man who missed his opportunity. It's, it's what is known as the parable of the talents. Talents uh, were, was just the form of money that they used back then. And uh, in this story, Jesus tells of a businessman who gave three employees budgeted amounts to fund their work. He gives each of them a certain amount of talents. Two employees took what was in their accounts and put the money to work right away. But one employee was afraid, and he took what was in his account And he buried it. He thought it would be safe. The two who put their money to work multiplied the business. And so they were rewarded with more opportunities by their employer. But the guy who hid his funds, well, he was fired. And what he had was taken away from him and given to somebody who would use it. Opportunity missed because of fear. You know, it's interesting to note that the employer in Jesus' story calls this man lazy and wicked. Lazy and wicked. How come he didn't say he was fearful, timid? I don't know. I don't know, but it's something to think about. I'm also 
just reminded that, that fear opposes faith. Fear opposes faith. They are opposites. You choose one or the other. You operate out of one or the other. I'm also reminded that among those in that list that are being punished in the lake of fire are the cowardly. Are the cowardly. And that's strange. You know, why, why would that be? Well, something to think about. But when it comes to this time of year and thinking about goals and resolutions, maybe it's time to stop being so timid, so afraid. You know, the goal of faith is not the elimination of risk. The fact is that the greatest risk is taking no risk. Did you get that? The fact is is that the greatest risk is taking no risk. Isn't one of the principles of the parable of, of the talents, isn't that it? That we need to take risk? Maybe risk is a little closer to righteousness than we thought. Maybe righteousness has less to do with not doing anything wrong and more to do with doing things right. Using our God-given gifts to their God-given potential requires risk. Now, I'm not saying that we need to go out and look for the most bold and daring things and make great claims about how we're going to accomplish them. I'm not saying that. The Bible tells us that our boldness can't depart from dependence upon the Lord. You know, listen to these words from the book of James. He says this, Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go out to this city or that. Spend a year there. Carry on business and make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, If it's the Lord's will, we'll live and do this or that. So we're not to live in fear. We're not to live in pride either. But we're to realize that our lives are brief. Time is short. We are here for a little while and then gone, like a mist or a water vapor. So what good is a water vapor? What can it do? What can we do with the short, brief time that we have? Well, if the opportunity isn't missed, a water vapor can let sunlight shine through it. And the light bends, revealing all these beautiful colors that were already there, present in the light, but previously invisible to the human eye. You see, at the right opportunities, we can reveal Christ in our everyday lives. Christ is always present, but the fullness of who he is in full color can be presented through our lives in the right moments, the right opportunities. The God of this age, little g God, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure and jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are just jars of clay. We're just mist, a water vapor. Here today, gone tomorrow. But we have God-ordained opportunities all around us in the present, right now. Opportunities to let them shine through us. Opportunities to love, to serve, to give, to learn. Maybe think of every opportunity as a gift from God. 
And what you do with that opportunity is your gift to God. The future is not in our hands and we can't live in the past. All we have for sure is the present right now. So what if we decided to live in the present with the Lord? Listen to this verse from Ephesians 5.15. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. All right, we got the big because on the end of there of why we're to be careful. Days are evil, it's crazy times. But I, I also think that we need to be careful in the idea of living for present opportunities because many times we miss them. We simply don't ever even see them. They go right past us. You know, the great irony about opportunity is that it usually comes disguised as insurmountable problems that come at inopportune times. Opportunity comes disguised. So to not miss these God-ordained opportunities, we need not only to be brave, but we need to be wise. And how do we do that? How do we do that? I believe it's by being prayerful. By being prayerful. Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Watchful is, is a throwback to the Old Testament watchman, a person who sat on a city wall and scanned the horizon. They were the first to see an advancing army or uh, a caravan of traders coming to the city. People who live in prayer mode are modern-day watchmen. They see further than others see and see things before they see them. Sometimes they see things others don't see at all, like opportunity. People who don't pray are opportunity blind. Now, you can live one of two ways. You can live in survival mode or in prayer mode. Survival mode is simply reacting to the circumstances around you. It's a, it's a pinball existence. Prayer mode is the exact opposite and puts you in a proactive posture. In fact, the Aramaic word for prayer, slatha, means to set a trap. Prayer helps us catch the opportunities God throws our way. Let me take the pressure off here just a moment. You don't have to manufacture opportunities. You don't have to make them happen. In reality, you can't manufacture opportunities. That's God's work. Ephesians 2.10, one of the most exciting verses to me in Ephesians. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. They're waiting. Those opportunities are out there. How many? Is it just one? Is there, are there many? Are there many in one day? I don't know. Our role is to recognize and to seize those God-ordained opportunities by turning and by tuning in to the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. I believe living in the present with the Lord like this is the most adventurous part of the Christ follower's life. It is adventure. God has something in store for us. What is it? Will I find it today? I think it also gives us a tremendous sense of destiny. I have something to live for today. God has something waiting for me today. Now, I trust that God desires me to discover these opportunities he has prepared in advance for me just as much as I desire to discover them. He wants me to find them. It's not something that he's going to keep hidden from me forever. 
But I also believe that he will help each of us if we live prayerfully in the present with him. You know, the English word for opportunity comes from the Latin phrase, opportu. In the days before modern harbors, a ship had to wait until high tide or flood tide to be able to come into port. The Latin phrase opportu referred to that moment in time when the tide would turn. The captain and his crew would wait for that window of opportunity to open because they knew if they missed it, they would have to wait until the next high tide to be able to come into port. Sometimes seizing a moment may require us to wait. Sometimes we don't like to wait. Waiting's hard. Maybe an opportunity or seizing a moment may require us to, to step out of our comfort zone. Something we normally don't do. Sometimes the opportunity might be so big, so big that it'll seem like we're trying to swallow a whale. We don't feel like we're ready. I can't do that. So we want to be wise and we want to be valiant. We want to be brave. But I want to tell you, if you wait for the perfect conditions before you seize an opportunity, you're going to be waiting till the day you die. Think of all the excuses that come to our minds. I'm too busy. I'm not qualified. I'm too qualified. I've got too many problems. I don't have enough money. I'm not ready yet. Newsflash, you will never be ready. You will never be ready. In a sense, you'll never be ready. You know, I think of the many people that I've met who've, who've come to have faith in Jesus Christ and then they suddenly stall when it comes to following the New Testament example of baptism by immersion. In the New Testament, someone would believe like the jailer and his family in Acts and then they would immediately go and be baptized even if it was the middle of the night. You know, this, this act of being immersed in water publicly expressed their wholehearted commitment and connection to Jesus Christ. They were saying, I'm diving in. I'm going in deep. And over my head, I'm going to be. They didn't have to look at an appointment book from God of all the future troubles and problems they were going to face. They knew there were going to be troubles, trials, and difficulties. But they went ahead and they dived in. Their baptism being like a, a release form they were signing, saying, I acknowledge I am putting my life at risk. I am always going to be in over my head with Jesus Christ. And I will always be in over my, he- in my head by, by taking this life that is a life of risk, taking this opportunity and all future opportunities to follow Jesus Christ is going to be crazy. Over my head, in deep. It's what they were saying. And they were saying, I'm in. Sometimes you can't dip your foot into the pool like this and test it out and slowly get in. Sometimes you just got to run and jump and make big ripples and make a big splash. And say, you have me, Lord, all of me, whatever it is you want me to do, I'll follow you. You know, I'm not ready. Maybe that's the truth. But you know what? I'm, I'm always going to challenge that thought in myself and in others. Because I, I, I really believe that it's usually connected to fear. And I know that faith always opposes fear. 
And when it comes to take, taking steps, to following Jesus, to seizing the opportunities that he brings, I hope you won't shy away from committing yourself to act because of fear of failure or fear of looking foolish. Whether that's, you know, I should really tell this person that the Lord loves them. Or I should share this verse with somebody. You know what? This person has gone through a crisis. I just need to pray for them. And maybe you feel foolish stepping out to do something like that. But you know what? We're not in the fourth grade anymore. You don't have to be afraid to raise your hand. You don't have to think, oh, the other kids are going to laugh at me if I get the answer wrong. It's time to stop thinking that way. Because you know what? If you're not willing to look foolish, you're foolish. If you're not willing to look foolish, you're foolish. Faith involves risk. And part of that risk may be looking foolish. You know what? Noah looked foolish trying to build a cruise ship nowhere near water. Sarah looked foolish buying maternity clothes at 90. The Israelites looked foolish marching around Jericho seven times blowing trumpets and carrying clay pots. You know, David looked foolish acting, attacking Goliath with a slingshot. The wise men looked foolish following a star. Peter looked foolish getting out of a boat in the middle of a lake. And Jesus looked foolish hanging half naked on a cross. But that's the essence of living prayerfully in the present with the Lord. That is the essence of faith. What are the results of faith? Well, you know what? Noah was saved from the flood. Sarah gave birth to Isaac. The walls of Jericho came tumbling down. David defeated Goliath. The wise men found the Messiah. And Peter, he walked on water. And you know what? Jesus, he rose from the dead. Let's not live with inaction regrets. Let's not live cowardly lives afraid to commit ourselves to action. Let's not live prayerless lives blind to the opportunities that God has prepared for us in advance. Let's not live fearing failure. How about this? How about what we do here, right here, in this group, in this body, in this group of people called Highland Christian Church? How about let's create a culture that's not afraid to look foolish? How about, how about we create a culture within our church where taking no risk is risky? Let's live prayerfully in the present, in step with this spirit, seizing God-given opportunities and letting his light shine through us so that we might reveal the brilliant colors of Christ in our everyday lives. You know, all we know for sure right now is that we have this moment. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. We have the present. The scriptures tell us to make the most of today. And when it comes to the weighty idea of eternity, the costliness of salvation, and what God has offered us through Jesus Christ at the cross, we are told that we should act now. Now. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. You know what the Apostle Paul tells us that when it comes to the spiritual, eternal matter of our souls, that we need to act today, not later. For God says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. And then the Apostle Paul adds, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. You know what? Those of you who haven't placed your faith in Jesus Christ, 
I want to encourage you. I want to exhort you. I want to plead with you. Do it today. Do it today. Our lives are so brief. So brief. Don't wait to put off this adventure of following Christ. If God's got ideas for you and God desires the best for us, don't you think you don't want to miss out on the best? I'd rather not settle for less. And for those of you who haven't chosen to give your lives to Christ and follow him, I think it's the best. Seize that opportunity. Follow him now. And for those of you who have already started the journey of following Christ, I encourage you, I exhort you, and I plead with you to live prayerfully in the present so that you could discover the opportunities God has prepared in advance for you. They're waiting. There might be some today. What could they be? Lord, please give us eyes that are open. Open our eyes. Right now, let's just take a moment and pray. And let's ask God that as as we step into this day and the days to come, that, that we'll learn how to live in the present. Let's ask him to help us not to dwell in the past or to always dwell in the future. Let's ask him to help us. And for those of you here, again, who maybe this, this might be all new to you. I want you to know it's, it's a very simple thing. Maybe you walked in saying, yeah, those are the people that trust Jesus as Savior. They need him. Those are the people who call him Lord and they follow him. Maybe you walked in and that's changed. And maybe now you're saying, you know what? I'm the one who needs a Savior. I'm the one who needs to follow him. He needs to be my Lord. And if that's the case, you can pray right now. Call on him. Say, Jesus, forgive me. Wash away my sins. I know that's what you did at the cross for me, a substitute. Ask him for his forgiveness. Ask him to come into your life. See, that's the miracle of the Christian life, is that we don't live it on our own. We can't live it on our own. That he dwells within us. And the old heart that's there, he replaces with a new heart, something that never existed before. And we get a fresh start, new. You want a new year? This is the way to do it, with a new life. And those of us who've been living a a dull, humdrum life, ignoring our Lord, ignoring our Savior, it's time to say, Lord, wake me up. Wake me up out of my routine. Wake me up out of my rut. Help me to see what you have in store for me. Lord, forgive me for not living in the present with you. Let's just take time to pray. Listen to him and talk to him. Lord, some of us probably already have some things right before us. We know that that there are things that you desire us to do. There are things that you've prepared for us. And we've been afraid. And so, Lord, I pray that you give us courage. That you would replace our fear with faith. And, Lord, you'd help us to trust you with all our heart and 
to lean not on our own understanding. Lord, there's some of us here that just need to start acknowledging you in all our ways, wherever we're at, wherever we go. We haven't been. We haven't been acknowledging you at work, on the school campus, or in our neighborhood. And Lord, we haven't been acknowledging your presence in our lives. Lord, I pray that, that you would change something in us today. Lord, that you give us an awareness that we maybe haven't had before. Lord, that you would open up our spiritual eyes, open up our, our spiritual ears of our heart, that we may hear your voice. And Lord, when we hear your voice, that we would trust you. And Lord, we would not only trust you, but we would obey you. Lord Jesus, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. We know that we can count upon you. We know that you are with us. Lord, we want to we live with you. We want to follow you. We don't want to relive glory days when once upon a time we followed you or we did something with you. We don't always want to talk about the future, some, something that doesn't exist. Lord, we want our faith to be real, to exist today. God, help us to live in the present. Thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray that the people in this congregation, Lord, right here, with the talents that you've given them, the abilities, the gifts, Lord, that they would multiply them. They would use them. And Lord, they would stretch them beyond what what may seem possible. And again, Lord, like a, like a jar of clay, like a, a water vapor, Lord, people would see that it couldn't possibly just be them, that you had some hand in it because it was just too good. It was too real. It was too amazing. It was too humble. It was too True. Lord, let us shine for you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.